0: Good morning and welcome to the Vicky Child Show. PI Answers here on the Zeus Radio network for Hear Women Talk. I'm thrilled and excited to continue our conversation from last week about domestic violence. and this week we have very, very special guests, Susan Murphy Milano and Sandra Brown. Susan is the author of Defending Our Lives and Times Up. and she's an expert in the area of intimate partner violence and the prevention of homicide, intimate partner homicide. Sandra is a therapist and author of Women Who Love Psychopaths and How to Spot a Dangerous Man, and she's the CEO of the Institute for Relational Harm and uh, Reduction in Public Pathology Education. So welcome, Susan and Sandra. Thank you so much for coming today.
1: Thank you for having us.
0: Thank you. Uh, We're going to start with Susan, and Susan, give us a little bit about yourself and your background and how you got started in domestic violence.
1: Uh, I got started when... uh You know, in 1989, my father, who was a Chicago violent crimes detective, um, he had sworn that if my mother ever left, he'd find her. If he found her, he would kill her, and he did just that. They were divorced for about six months. And, you know, it's very dangerous for a woman before, during, and after. It's not something, you know, my mother thought that she was free, as do many women. She thought that, you know, I'm finally safe. I can do what I want. And that wasn't the case. And, And he had basically tricked her to believing that she had to sign a quick claim deed, which she had done during the divorce and forgotten about it and had gone and to the home where I grew up and he took her life and then his own and my father's partner who was a detective on the force my dad had been a a violent crimes homicide detective for over 20 years she said he drove him to this and I looked at him and I said nobody drives anybody to pull a trigger and I'm gonna have the last word in this whole thing and that's what fueled me that's what because I saw that people weren't taking this seriously they only thought that this happened to a certain type of person it didn't it happened You know, across the middle of America, it has no economic, socio, you know, restrictions. Um, You could be a CEO of a company. You could be a mayor of a town. You know, you can be a therapist, a doctor. It doesn't matter. It happens, you know, all over the country. So uh, I had a domestic violence agency called Project Protect for a number of years where we had bodyguards for the women. We did high-risk services, very hands-on. Learned a lot from those who had passed away, who were killed. Families would send basically the women's lives in a box diaries, information. So forensically, I would put those together, profile the cases, if you will, and then see what went wrong so that to help those to make it right. And going out there and being out there in the field and not behind a desk, and dealing with families, dealing with with children whose mothers were murdered, taking care of them, um, making sure that they were okay, making sure that they weren't wards of the state. Because you don't warehouse crimes. You don't warehouse trauma. And it's very important to deal with somebody immediately when you lose. You know, your mother isn't going to come back. She's not going to be able to make your cookies or or wait for you after school. She's not going to be there to tuck you in at night and tell your bedtime story. She's not going to be there to hold your hand. That person gave you life, and it's very difficult when somebody just takes that life. So I deal a lot with trauma. I deal a lot with prevention, safety. Um, What I've learned is basically from women who I've kept alive and on my watch, and my mother wasn't on my watch technically. She's the only person that's died in all these years. So,
0: so, th- so you were both directly and intimately involved in this in this life in this you, your life of that, abuse and
1: it, I don't you know that abuse is to me still. I, it, I was drafted into a situation. Drafted. I had no choice. And I made the best of it. And in in doing so, in maneuvering how my mother needed to stay out safe, how she needed to do things was not something that I realized until after she died. Everything came back to me later on. It was, you know, we couldn't, when we would come home from school, going in the gangway to go through the back door, because of when my father came home, he worked the midnight shift, or he got home, you know, into the night, and sometimes we'd already be at school. We had a practice like a fire drill. We were not allowed to walk in the back door until we called out to her first and we would practice running down to the neighbors and saying call the police just in case we didn't find her among the living this is how we lived my father would say at night when he thought we were asleep i'm going to burn the house down with you and the kids in it bobby and nobody's going to know nobody's going to find out i'm going to get away with murder you better dummy up and listen this is not to say this is the same that goes on today it's no different it's no different you know we have these laws across the country because people lost their lives the the lives of these women were not signed with a pen of ink but with a pen of blood So the Domestic Violence Acts, the stalking laws, people had to get murdered for those. There was a high price to that, and yet there's not a high price, or we're not as effective as we are if we pull over a drunk driver on the street and take away his keys because he could kill somebody. Mothers Against Drunk Driving over a long period of time have taken that and, and showed it as a serious crime, but we don't do that with intimate partner violence. We say the word domestic, it denotes home. You automatically believe or think or assume it's a woman. We have to stop that behavior, and I think too with what Sandra Brown does as well, is pathology. We don't hear that. We don't speak about it, and that's why this is exciting because, you know, her and I kick butt, basically. <laughs> <laughs> Sandra,
0: d- tell us about yourself and how you got involved in this and, and have your institute in the books you've written. Uh,
2: well, much like Susan, I was drafted. Um, my father was murdered. <coughs> In 1983, um, I started uh, working as a victim advocate um, in victim advocacy—not so much as an advocate, but in victim advocacy in homicide in the 80s. And um, I went back to school, got my my counseling degree, and when I opened um, a mental health clinic, um, the practice shifted dramatically. Um, I wasn't no longer getting homicide survivors as clients I started getting um women who were in really dangerous and lethal relationships and um and, and uh <clears throat> on top of that I also was working with people who uh were personality disordered and had serious pathological disorders and um so my practice kind of went back and forth between working with people who were very disordered and then women who were in relationships with really disordered people. And so I began to see what really fueled a lot of the most lethal and dangerous relationships were women, mostly women, being in relationship with highly disordered men that were not merely abusers, um, they they were chronic mental health patients that could not change and, and that we had a crisis in the domestic violence and batter intervention um, field in, in which no one was scanning or um, screening these guys for permanent pathological disorders and instead were putting them through treatment better intervention treatment, as if they were capable of change, because all abusers are not created equal.
0: So, Some anger, anger management is not going to solve these problems.
2: A court, a court for, ordering for,
0: someone to, to anger uh, management is not going, not going to solve it, right?
2: For 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 those that are pathologically disordered, no. And in fact. You, you know, my my big spiel is anger management and better intervention is getting women killed. Yes, yeah, amen. Because, um, uh, because these women um, say I'm, you're not coming back until you get treatment.
0: So let's you talk know, about maybe, the, uh, the 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 book you've written then um, the how to how to know let's see what's it called the dangerous men. Or how to know the dangerous man? What what should women look for, and and how how do we stop that cycle of violence? If we've got men who are like that, and they're court ordered anger management, which isn't going to work, what other things right. should they be court ordered to do that might work? Um,
2: be arrested, yeah. I
1: think. I mean, hell, you know. Well, they, first, they get arrested, but they, they how don't. How <laughs> don't. No, wait a minute. They don't yeah, get arrested. Yes. That's the problem. They, they're not taken yeah. seriously. Like, again, if a drunk driver, if you're pulled over in the car. What's going to happen? He's going to put you through your process, the steps, see if you you are drunk, you're going to take the breathalyzer, then you're going to be brought in, you're going to be booked. That doesn't happen in these cases of domestic violence or intimate partner homicide. It doesn't happen. You've got all these guys, Drew Peterson, Josh Powell, uh, Venus Stewart's husband, they're all running around. Well, he's in jail, but they all haven't been charged with the murders of these people that we know because it wasn't taken seriously the first time. If we look at Drew Peterson, who Kathleen Savio's wife in 2004 was found in a dry bathtub, you know, if she, if that had been taken seriously, if that damn crime scene, let's go back even further, the state's attorney, the letters that she sent begging, pleading, the police reports, she was laughed at, she wasn't responded to, she died. Mm-hmm. Stacy Peterson, who was the current wife, who is missing, by the way, mm-hmm. would not have died. You know, we wouldn't be talking about her. We wouldn't be talking about this guy who spent 18 months as a circus, smiling and laughing, who was able to get women and date them, younger than he, you know, in their 20s, dating Drew Peterson while he was out, but suspected of murder of two women. And I think Sandra can answer that really well. I mean, right there. What does that say?
0: What does well, it say, Sandra? It, it, and how do how do we how does the attention get focused on these men and get them? Uh, analyzed and or treated if there is treatment that's appropriate
2: well what has been a problem in this country is that there is no public pathology education 60 million people are negatively affected by someone's unchangeable pathology you know um, if anything else uh, if it was a medical condition that affected 60 million people we'd have a national ad campaign uh, people would know the signs and symptoms, and in this level of dangerous and lethal um, pathology, and these guys, no one, no one is being taught how to spot that. And so, I, part part of the ability to spot it is to understand the unchangeability. This isn't rocket science. These guys do the same thing over and over again. For a lot of the women, they don't know that um, the chronic repeating of the same behavior over and over again actually points to pathology. It moves them out of the mere category of just abuser, and I say that tongue in cheek, because some abusers, you know, have a meltdown, go to treatment, and they never do it again. We're not talking about that. We are talking about the guys that are hardwired in their neurology that are going to keep doing this over and over again and, and harm women or intimate partner homicide.
0: Well, what's the answer though? If if a, if the police are called to a house where there is domestic violence and somebody gets arrested, then what? Then do these people go for a series of tests? Is that should no, that be right required? No, right
2: now they don't. No, but right should it be required? Absolutely. What we're trying to do is get um, the system to recognize and and stop categorizing all abusers together. That when if someone gets arrested and it was him and he needs and he gets court ordered to anger management, to batter intervention, to some kind of therapy, that the agencies need to test and screen these guys out. You know, because so many of the women say, um, you, you know, you can't come home till you get treatment, and then he goes through 12, 16 weeks of better intervention or anger management. He gets his little certificate of completion, which only means that his ass is set in that chair for that long.
1: And it also, goes, all that means. it also goes to when the women are going for a divorce in the child custody, in the evaluators, right. in the mental health experts. Mm-hmm. You know, that, those people are pathetic.
0: Was and, your, did and, your dad and, fit into this category? Uh, 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 now, Sandra, you, you have a phrase here which I I like, but then what do we do? You call it unchangeable pathology. If it's unchangeable, is it untreatable? It's untreatable. Well, then what do we do I with these folks? Uh,
2: well,
1: island, Australia, third-party world somewhere.
0: <laughs> <laughs> An island in the yeah. Pacific somewhere? for
2: yeah, yeah they, they, you know, they're not using Alcatraz right now, so um, <laughs> might we might be able to get a really good deal on that. But um, the issue is, is that this, right now, you point out a really good point, Vicki, that right now the system doesn't have uh, a process for this. I just spoke at um uh, In Violence Against Women conference, and judges and prosecutors, you know, ad- attend that as well as victim advocates. And I was talking about we have to admit that the system is broken, that w- that it is not set up to be able to differentiate between abusers. and until. Until we teach pathology, you know to the court systems to child evaluators to people that will stop and say We've got to change the the process in order to differentiate the the guys that are abusers and don't test with this Permanent kind of pathology can go on to treatment But if we test and find you know um, the ones that don't we need to have a different process for that
1: I'll give you an example Amy Lichtenberg had two boys, Jack and Duncan, both seven and nine years old. She was going into court, going through a divorce, um, mediation, and she she tried to get um, the courts to listen, to, to hear how dangerous he was. He he violated the order of protection 57 times. Now, this is just a divorce. Child custody issues, mental health evaluator, she pleaded with people. He's going to kill my mm-hmm. kids. He's going to kill me. Mm-hmm. And then a year mm-hmm. a year ago, um, Jack and Duncan were found murdered. Now, she was mandated to turn over the child. She said, I don't want to. I have a bad feeling about this. I think it was in April or March of 2009. And the officer said, I'm going to arrest you if you don't do this. She had been fighting in the courts for years. There was a, a, a mental health psychi- uh, psychiatrist who wrote a letter to the courts and said, please give him his kids. That's all he wants. He'll be a good boy. What the hell is that? There's no right. testing. There's no, no accountability and no supervision either. No supervision and, and so then they don't do yeah, an Amber no. Alert. So mm-hmm. so three weeks later, the children are found in the woods, mm-hmm. murdered, mm-hmm. and he's hanging, mm-hmm. and she's left mm-hmm. with what? So what he's done is f you in a mm-hmm. way. Mm-hmm. You know, you're gonna live this life without your children. I'm gonna show you because you left me. How dare you? That case is a perfect sad tragic example of what's going on behind closed doors in courtrooms across America because mental health professionals don't recognize pathology, don't recognize danger, will not understand or go themselves to educate themselves so they can spot these dangerous pathological individuals who will kill. Yeah. I, right.
2: And and, then, and and then the court system the uh, the judges will um, you know, ask for an evaluation, and then they'll use a instrument. They usually use the MMPI too, but right. that does not pick up. It is not a good instrument for pathology. So, what are if we're going to um, give kids to parents? Shouldn't we be able to determine dangerousness and lethality? Oh, absolutely. That's how are we absolutely. Why are we using a tool that, that doesn't pick up on
0: that? Yeah, and I think too often uh, psychologists and psychiatrists rely on the dsm four for their definition of what everything fits into. And, uh, unfortunately, and it's toilet it's not, paper, and it uh, costs uh, people yeah, lives. And unfortunately, it it's not always always there in black and white. We're going to take a break. We'll be back. Uh, please stay with us. Our guests today are Susan Murphy-Milano and Sandra Brown. We look forward to your, your questions. If you want to chat online or if you want to call in, you can call 646-652-2071.
2: Thank you for being with us and we'll be right back. Hi folks, this is Private Investigator Vicki Childs, host of the Vicki Childs
0: Show on Hear Women Talk Radio. How safe is your cell phone? Is someone listening to all your calls or reading your text messages? How about your computer? Is someone watching all of your keystrokes or do you want to know what your child, your employee? or your spouse are doing on a computer or cell phone. If you need computer or cell phone forensics, do what I do. Talk to Steve Abrams at abramsforensics.com. Steve is a highly respected and skilled forensics expert as well as an attorney. Contact Steve Abrams for a free 15-minute consultation at abramsforensics.com. That's abramsforensics.com. Or click on the Abrams Forensics banner ad on Hear Women Talk and use
2: promo code HWT. Welcome back to the Vicki Child Show on Hear Women Talk
0: produced and broadcast by the Zeus Radio Network. Our guests today are Susan Murphy Milano and Sandra Brown. Uh, you can reach Sandra or find out more information at saferelationshipsmagazine.com and Susan at SusanMurphyMilano.com. So let's get back to the discussion because one thing that really interests me as a, as a criminal justice professor in college also is this whole issue of the system and you talked about the system and how it's broken but, but I also, I know that you can't just lock people up because they have a disorder, although right. many times we want to, and pedophiles are an example of somebody who, who right. professionals say can't be and abusers treated. Abusers are
1: they're predators. They're, they are, they are, are predators, are predators and we I don't identify them that way. We don't label and them. And perhaps any.
0: that's the situation. Maybe where they need to be identified as such to begin with, and then treated like a pedophile, treated right. like L- an uncured. Let's un- start un-turable. with the
1: court system across the country because it is tragically broken it is from day one from the time that she files for divorce certain things have to be in place and they are not mm-hmm. um, she is manipulated she the is restraining forced. orders don't work they're, they're a piece of paper they are a piece of paper. paper you're right and, and, they're, and, they're, and that's what Time's Up does the book Time's Up takes you from ABCD plan A plan B what do you need to do and before anyone announces that they're going to leave the relationship get a divorce um, follow that process Frankie Bean in Florida, a gated community, was murdered in January. She was an author of Mr. Bean's Birthday Party, and she uh, had two autistic children, both seven years old. She had told her husband, you know, we're going to end the marriage, and that's it. Now, friends and family didn't know what was going on. She lived in a a very luxurious lifestyle. She had everything afforded to her, whatever she needed. In his mind, he wasn't going to allow that. So she begged for her life three times. He put the gun to her head, and he wrote about this in the suicide note that he left. And and that's what he wanted. He wanted her life to come out of her, and, and he wanted to watch her die. That was his last act of control. And then he went in and shot the two seven-year-old children. Now, she didn't come up with the plan before, just like with Sandra's pathology book on how to spot a dangerous man. There is a plan prior. So so to have the plan of what I call the evidentiary abuse affidavit, so you prepare this like a will. Mm-hmm. You put it together. You Even if the police have never come to your home, in this woman's case, no one had ever responded to the home before. She puts down how dangerous this person is, what's going on, maybe some meds that he's on. She shows his picture. She gives social security number, her date of birth, uh, she goes through all that just like a will,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and then she has it notarized and witnessed. Very important.
0: Now, let me ask you something about
1: that, because I was reading about
0: it in your book, and I, I think it's an absolutely fabulous idea. And as somebody who has to document everything, it's not an they idea. Do, it saves lives. Right, and and if somebody has to document everything they do, I think documenting that is extremely important. My question is, do you leave and then do that? Or do, when you notice these signs, do you do it? but not leave you you have to be
1: the best actress in the world as the book teaches you as you go through it it's a plan
0: but even if you're acting can't you be killed or beaten or abused even if you're acting
1: this what this will do is is it will if something happens to you like let's say Stacy Peterson if she had Mm -hmm. done this the next morning, Drew Peterson would have been arrested, right. and then after she prepares this, she reads it in front of, you, know, you can do it from your computer, your cell phone, mm-hmm. you can go to your church, because all the church broadcasts, um, this, their services and sermons, you can find a way to do this, and give it to safe people in your circle, your trusted circle that you create, and then you can begin to plan as you go, even if you're in the middle of this, or if, if you're going through a divorce and you feel that you know your life is, is in danger, do it anyway, and again, if something should happen to you, if you should go missing, if you should become a Susan Powell from Utah who's been missing since December 7th, um, if you should be, you know, a Venus Stewart who's been gone since April, they can't find their bodies. At least the person would be charged and arrested. And what that does is, abusers have the right to face their accuser during a trial. Sure. It's called Crawford versus Washington. Sure. What this does is it knocks out a home run. A defense attorney is not going to be able to slam this because, It's been done properly, just like a will. It's been videotaped. It's evidence. It's not hearsay. It's a statement and and an excited utterance of her last will and testament, regardless. And it also says, you know, if something happens to me, this is what I want. You need to
0: look here, right. You need to look here. So, Sandra, if you you are... Nicole Brown Simpson, and you live with O.J., who's had these violent episodes and he's mistreated you, and you've taken some pictures of yourself and you put them away.
2: Not enough.
0: I know. It's not enough according to what Susan's – and I totally agree with that. I totally agree. But what do you do? How do you leave a person like that? How how do you – psychologically now, not evidentiary affidavit because I understand that, but psychologically, how do you – get away from him
1: you have to facilitate you have to be the facilitator of of your fear you have to and and that's I think what what Sandra goes directly into well
0: and and I think people with without kids that's easier but people with kids Nicole Brown says hey kids and what do you do Sandra what do you how do you how do you do that
2: well I I think that um, like what Susan was talking about um, dealing with the fear issue but but even beyond the fear is, is that women stay because they believe he has the capacity to change one of the things that we have seen at the Institute that happens really rapidly is that when women really understand the issue about his permanent unrelenting untreatable pathology there is a shift in them women can move to that level of emotional disengagement where they can begin the process of leaving I mean you know for a lot of these guys they are seriously dangerous that the women have to develop a safety plan in order to get out of there but the but before that the reason women go back go back go back or stay is because you know he says he's going to change and then she believes she doesn't understand the nature of his disorder that and that's I part of the psychopathy—the
1: the the issues that he's the untreatable. Well, he didn't issues. mean it. I did a show yesterday, and this was somebody pretty famous, and and she had gotten in a relationship, and she goes, "But I know he didn't mean it," and I just right. I jumped up, I said, "Stop right, right there!" Right. He did mean it. It was deliberate.
0: And yeah, the, the, they're enablers at that point, aren't they? They're they're enabling this person to continue to do what he's doing. Well, I I I don't
2: know if I would call it enabling because how do how do you enable a Per, you know, a permanent disorder if by, you're allowing him, by allowing him, him. to allowing so him, but you're so afraid. No, 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 no,
1: no, 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 no. You're so afraid. You have to react sometimes without realizing it. You have to react in accordance with what's going on in the situation. Um, and this is the acting you're talking about, well, yeah. Dylan,
0: being a good actress. A couple years ago,
1: there was a there was a a, a guy who who murdered his seven year old daughter upstairs. Now the the mother and Neil Lindquist, He hasn't been brought to trial yet. There's there was a mother and her son downstairs she knew enough she let that that extra um, intuition kick in and she says you know what maybe we need to go to the hospital maybe because he had cut himself pretty badly knowing that her daughter was murdered upstairs or had a sense of it but knowing that she had to protect the child here so what's she going to do is she gonna that's not enabling that is taking the battle plan and using that gut reaction to respond the same way a battered woman would in a relationship she's going to figure out over time and maybe it, it's natural maybe it's something that she, she develops she's going to figure out the best way to stay alive. Mm-hmm. And so maybe it's after, I, I, I know you didn't mean it. I'm, I know and I'll forgive you. And that's what I meant you. by
0: enabling, is making excuses for But I think it's a them. wrong word, though. Okay, so well, it's, you're probably right. It's not an appropriate word. She maybe
1: compartmentalizes th- what he's done. Right. And so... But, but
0: then she makes excuses for it sometimes. But, Just but like you would that's an alcoholic like or that's, something that's else. That's
1: her survival. Okay, so it's she a is, means
0: of survival rather I, than...
1: I, I believe it is. Okay. It's not an enabling situation. Okay. It's You have to... My mother did it all the time. She talked my father out of it, almost like walking backwards in the door before the gun was fired. Yeah, you know that's what these women do. They want to do whatever they can. Sometimes it is the beating. Sometimes it's not. And,
2: and I and, and I think, um, you know, a lot of times it is survival mode, and a lot of times it is they don't have um, the right information about what wrong with him. if mm-hmm. they go to a regular domestic bond shelter they're going to get the information you know the general information generic patient, generic a
1: generic prescription the, the in generic, a way the,
2: that, mm-hmm. that 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 power and control wheel and whatever and that's fine except that it, if this guy really is pathological you know go, putting him through anger management putting him through treatment is not going to help and so A lot of times, women stay because they believe, okay, he has agreed to go through or he has been court-ordered into batter intervention. And so he's going to go, I'm going to wait, she's going to wait and see what happens. I'm going to wait and see. You know, maybe this time or or this time he's agreed to go to psychotherapy. But the, the mental health community, the domestic violence community, the victim advocates, people are not... Differentiating between those abusers who can change and those who cannot, and they're not arming that those that are
1: affected by this. They're not like at the at the no. institute. They arm they are, we arm them. We arm them with what to do. He has a plan yes. for action. We have a plan for them to provide their safety mechanism because a lot of times a woman can mm-hmm. react differently that could cost her her life. And at, at the institute. They teach you how to look for that, how to disarm, how not to engage when it's not right, and and that's what's important. And that's not what we're seeing across the country with the mental health. And Sandra's right with the wheel. The wheel is, you know, 30, 40 years old.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: People's lives don't go in a wheel. You have to be able to stop the wheel and be a different spoke on a different kind of a mechanism or a machine, and that's what the instit- Institute does.
0: Okay. Uh, we have a question from a listener. I, I wanted to run this by you. Um, from Mike he says how do you protect men who are not guilty of abuse from being caught up in an overzealous legal system which is out to punish people without the facts Uh, have you have you come across situations where men are charged and they're really not guilty I have but but you have a crazy woman who's accusing
1: them of things and 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 you have to yeah go ahead go ahead
2: yeah uh, well I I, and who does that Um, the woman probably does have a a level of mental health or pathology women can be you know, pathological too. And, and um, <clears throat> a good resource is um, Bill. It's called um, BillEddy.com. That's his name. Um, B i l l e d v y dot com. <laughs> he writes. He has a program and he writes blogs. He's both um, an attorney and a licensed clinical social worker who um, talks about personality disorders in the court system and, and the legal system and the ones that cry uh, oh. and, um, abuse uh, even when it hasn't happened sometimes women do that sometimes men do that um, but looking even be past that who does that instead of calling it crazy you know she's not crazy Um, She probably has a level of pathology that this is what's happening within the criminal justice system is that we're not using the right words that help us delineate between um, people who are treatable and people who are not treatable. And someone that would do that to him probably has a level of pathological disorder. And that, and that, that brings me uh, uh that
0: brings me to think about the Mary Mary Winkler case in Tennessee, and I want to talk about that too when we come back. Right now we have to take a break, so stay with us on the Zeus Radio Network for Hero Women Talk.
2: <coughs> I'm Vicki Charles, and come right back with us. Hi folks, this is Private Investigator Vicki Childs, host of the Vicki Childs Show
0: on Hear Women Talk Radio. How safe is your cell phone? Is someone listening to all your calls or reading your text messages? How about your computer? Is someone watching all your keystrokes? Or do you want to know what your child, your employee, or your spouse are doing on a computer or cell phone? If you need computer or cell phone forensics, do what I do. Talk to Steve Abrams at AbramsForensics.com. Steve is a highly respected and skilled forensics expert, as well as an attorney. Contact Steve Abrams for a free 15-minute consultation at AbramsForensics.com. That's AbramsForensics.com, or click on the Abrams Forensics banner ad on Hear Women Talk and use promo
2: code HWT. Welcome back to the Vicky Child
0: Show or Hear Women Talk on the Zeus Radio Network. I'm glad you're joining us today. If you have questions that you want to call in, you can dial 646-652-2071, or you can chat online with us live. We, before the break, we were talking about I uh, brought-up, Mary Winkler in Tennessee, who killed her husband, and I know Susan's got some strong <laughs> opinions on that. And, and Sandra, you might, too, because, I mean, the, the women abuse, too. Women are, are violent, too, sometimes, so... Uh, what what about her, Susan? Well, let,
1: what let, before we before I get into that, there's you know, a couple of cases right now that I'm working on that are not, are not solved. Michael Tapley out of Arizona has been missing for a couple of years. And then there's Matthew Hubrick, who was a Fox Prison Break television producer found in a hotel in 2005 in the Drake Hotel. Mm-hmm. Uh, both these guys, one body was found, one has not been recovered. And in my opinion, the responsible parties are their relationships. Uh, Michael Tapley's wife, in my opinion, Gina, it allegedly murdered him mm-hmm. um, based on a lot of different facts. And in Matthew Hubert's case, in my opinion, the girlfriend did it. And these women can be just and are just as clever as men. This is not, you know, one size fits all murder. This is not a one size fits all, you know, who done it. This, these women are just as clever as these men. We don't see a lot of them. Yeah. Um, Diane Fanning, who's a good friend of mine, who writes for Women in Crime Inc., who wrote the book about Mary Winkler, the pastor's wife, and, and has written a few books about women who have killed their their partners or their husbands. Um, it's very interesting in the Mary Winkler case, yeah, when she put that high heel up there in that wig, well, maybe they had some kinky sex going on while she was married to him. The fact is she shot him in the back. The fact is that he's dead. The fact is that she ran. The fact is that she's a pre- preacher's wife. The pe- fact is that a man, she also had financial issues. She was covering and doing things. The fact is that, yes, maybe he said what's going on. Maybe her way out of it was to say, you know what, I'm going to take this guy out. No different than a man. And she's now out she's free she only spent a couple of years in jail it was her defense attorney that put on one heck of a case mm-hmm. and and really took her as the preacher's wife and really painted her let me look at the somber looks during the trial look at the poor me thing like i couldn't have done this like the puppy dog give the jury a you know don't smile don't this was this isn't this was a staged defense as it should be because that's her right but she is no different than anyone else out there. But on the
0: other hand if she's a little thing and he's a big man and she, oh, let's says, back she might... Oh let well, no, no, But I'll you know. play devil's advocate with okay. you because she may say hey I had to shoot him in the back because he would have attacked me just like the woman in the burning bed movie where she while he's out in the bed asleep she sets the place on fire.
1: Again I, I know certain things in the case I was privy okay. to information with the writing of The Pastor's Wife with Diane Fanning so you know, I have a different idea of this whole thing again. Um,
0: but the, but the fact remains that women can be violent, they are conniving sometimes, and they take these extraordinary steps to, to, to play the poor it's woman. It, in, in it, it, it's
1: the reduction of the sentence, too. It's a manslaughter. If it had been done any other way, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's how the wind blows, if mm-hmm. you will. Mm-hmm. Robert Vaughn had m- murdered his wife Barbara, he was a Millville police officer in New Jersey, he shot her twice. Um, in the kitchen. It was two or three years before they were going to go to trial. Then he pled and got a manslaughter reduction. So he got five or six years and is only going to do a couple. He murdered somebody. Mary Winkler murdered someone. We have to have a higher level of priority when when you murder, when you plan and calculate taking somebody's life. Self-defense, please. I agree with it. When Barbara Sheehan, who is a police officer's wife in New York, who has not been brought to trial yet, shot her husband and loaded him up with bullets of the guns that were on the nightstand and she lived in terror and she lived in fear when i saw her on a twenty twenty interview with her daughter and i shut my eyes i felt like that was my mother and i sitting there Mm -hmm. and me going you know what mom go for it you know, again, it's a situational situation. Police were never called to my home, or if they were, it was not documented. And
0: your father being a police officer, it wouldn't have That's allowed right. that. That's role. right.
1: So, But for, for this Mary Winkler, okay, size, strategy. She knew enough to fire that shotgun. She had to have used it before. She had to have practiced. And that didn't come out. You just don't pick up a gun and fire it. That's not how the world works. A big shotgun, a little girl, mm-hmm. come on. She knew where the gun was. He didn't keep it loaded. She did. You know, she put those bullets in 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 the chamber, and yeah. that that that's a planned, you know, act. So Sandra, I know I know the same thing can apply to women.
0: Women can have pathological issues too, untreatable, mm-hmm. perhaps, and un, and uh, unchangeable. But in back to the criminal justice system, how how do we address men who can't be? Un, who, are un, who are unchangeable and untreatable. I mean, isn't, isn't there some sort of medical treatment for just about everything? And there's nothing you say that we can, that we can use to treat these people?
2: Well, um, neuroscience has really come on the scene in the last few years that has really helped us understand the permanence of some of these disorders, neuro, you know, within the brain. But these are neuro abnormalities. Uh, you know the neuroscience line has been out for a while. You know, criminal defense attorneys are already mm-hmm. arguing this. Yes, and so we're kind of to the point now that the information is out. It is being argued now in cases that the court system has to deal with this. There's, there's, you know, neuroscience. There's neuroethics. There's neurolaw. Now, it, we're at a pivotal point where this is starting to become an issue with the new neuroscience that has been introduced we now know there are you know parts of the brain you can't change the size of the corpus callosum you know that's different in these people or the frontal lobe or mm-hmm. the limbic system I mean most of them um, have four or five different brain regions that are affected so Um, I think the court system is in crisis for lots of reasons, one of which, if it's not now, it's going to be very soon about this neuro law. What are we going to do? I don't have an answer for that. Uh, Yeah, you're right, and I was a
0: part of a death penalty case where that defense was put up with the PET scans, the proof of a, a frontal lobe. Abnormality, the the limbic system, the amygdala, all of it was presented. Jury didn't buy it, and the prosecution turned it around and argued, "Well, if he's so bad off, then we can't put him in prison. We get, I have to give him the death penalty because he could kill somebody else in prison." Mm-hmm. So, if you have untreatable, unchangeable people, what are we going to do? And and do we take Steps the first time the woman cries and says, you know, he beat me up and I got black eyes and he raped me and he and what do we do?
2: Well, I I think we can start by um, um you know proposing psychological specific kinds of testing for for batters. I mean, is there any reason to put someone through batter intervention if? By nature, what's wrong with them, you know, neuro-wise, um, that they're not going to benefit from the treatment, and then they're going to get a certificate, and she's not going to know the difference, and she's going to let him come home. So, uh, can we can we start there? Can we start um, in, in court, you know, in high conflict cases, people who have been back to court over and over again. Who does that? Yeah, I, I can guarantee you that you cast both of them. I mean, if it's a high conflict, you know, divorce and custody issue, do psychological testing.
1: Or put a system um, in place at, at the time. You know, a system, the, the, the right. system. There's nothing in place. A lot of times, too, what these guys are doing is maternal deprivation, is removing the custody from the mother, so that they're saying to the person, okay. Uh, you want to divorce me? You want to end the relationship? But you want to leave me? The kids. You're not having the kids, right. So I'm going to make turn it around on you. I'm going to let you be the one who pays child support. Let you be the one who sees your kids. Maybe I'm going to make you be crazy because I have more money. I can pay for a, mm-hmm. a, a good lawyer. You cannot. I'm going to kick you out of the house. I'm going to say you're nuts. I'm going to say you're crazy. These guys pathologically set up the, the tone, set the play. As for the stage with that courtroom. They use it. And when they don't get their way, the woman, all of a sudden, like I said, in Venus Stewart's case uh, from Michigan, she's been gone since April. He was at a hearing on November, pardon me, in September 15th. Now they're saying that he sexually abused one of the children. They still haven't been able to find her body. Now, in my opinion, that body isn't very far from where she was abducted at the mailbox of her home at 7 o'clock in the morning because if you think about somebody like this, What's he going to do? His parents didn't live very far. She was abducted at her home at a very specific time. Mm -hmm. He's already planned this out. He's not Somebody that's going to carry a body around him is not going to stop at a stoplight, is not going to go through a toll booth because those are now monitored with cameras. They're going to think about all those things, so they have to act quickly. So in my opinion, that body isn't very far. But there's things that he did predictable. Had the courts looked at this instead of a he said she said, which is what they were doing after she went missing, and goddammit, they gotta stop that. Stop doing that when the woman is missing. And and stop not saying her name. She's not wife number two, divorced estranged. She is Venus Stewart. Mm-hmm. And all this trouble began when she went in and filed for divorce. So why weren't the mental health experts there? Why don't we hold lawyers to a higher standard? Of doing their jobs, you go in and you pay them. Yes, that's fine, but where is their level of training, of understanding? Harry Smith, who was Kathleen Savio's lawyer, she said various things to him. Then, then uh, Stacy Peterson, who was Peterson's current wife, who went missing, also saw the same person. Why aren't things being done at the level when somebody comes in? Almost like preparing for a car accident. Let's take a little video of you. Let's have you sign something. And if
0: they go see an attorney at that point, whether it's part of a divorce or anything else, they need to be doing your evidentiary affidavit. But but they also
1: need to be understanding pathology. They need to get their butts to the institute. They need to understand what to do, what to look for. They can't be making deals with murderers or with people who are offenders or pathologists because those children are affected.
2: And and um, over and over again, I mean, I have cases right now, you know, um, especially in California where it's so screwed up, um, where the child evaluators are going through this high-conflict divorce. You get these child evaluators, and the mother, you know, is, is saying, I think there's something seriously wrong with him. And, you know, they roll their eyes, and instead of thinking, well, Maybe there really is. Um, maybe we should psych test both of them, you know, just to see. Um, and sometimes they do psych test, but then they use the wrong kinds of um, instruments. And i I've, they don't use I'm instruments. I'm, i, I, I <laughs> well, testing
0: instruments. Testing, testing instruments. A, a
2: psychological instruments. Right. I'm just waiting for, uh, you know. Um, something to happen to these kids. One of the moms had some of this stuff on a video that she put outside her door, um, and caught him doing stuff, sticking a metal wire in her leg, um, and shows it to the child custody evaluator who can't figure out there's some pathology involved in that, um, So I mean we've got judges that need training, we have court systems, we have child evaluators, we have, something's got to, something has got to change and with the onslaught of this new information with neuroscience, it's going to be interesting to see
1: happened. And, and what Sandra and I do, too, is we look at after the fact. Rosa Lukowski has, has not been found since 2008. She was walking her child to school, and in, I was able to get a hold of the evaluator mental health packages that were there. And for us to pick them apart at the institute and look at them line by line and to see what really happened, it's amazing. Had the proper testing been done, had the pathology and neurology been included in that, then Rosa would probably be alive. And her children would be with their mother. Mm -hmm. And instead, they can't find her. He's awaiting trial, or he is at trial, Henry Liskowski, for the murder of her, all because of the signs and the indicators that were there during what the mental health evaluator prepared, just prepared in the initial documentation. As a first responder, basically, for the first time, taking the information from her, taking the information from him. It may be he said, she said, but at the Institute, we know how to decipher what he said, she said really means based on the facts. Yes, it's overwhelming to get somebody over and over to do these things. It's exhausting, but if you know what you're going to do and how to do it, you might save a life. If it's done correctly, and yeah. that's the bottom line. And
0: unfortunately, too, Sandra, I think we're a long way in the criminal justice system from requiring people to go down to the local hospital and get a. Pet oh, we're, scan re- and, we're
1: a long way from requiring uh, okay. that the police respond and arrest and, and do their jobs. Yeah. We're a long way from that too.
0: But, well, if, but as, uh, as far as as far as sentencing or as far as requiring these tests, the, the argument is always going to be who's going to pay for it. How are we going to get this? Well, thing? wait a minute. Let's back
1: up, though. Who's paying for the police it, it, response right now? I, I agree. Who's, who's paying it, for this co- revolving door of a court it, it, system? No, go ahead, Sandra. Well,
2: you know what? No, I. I if there's a domestic violence thing, and he gets sent to. Um, uh, a domestic violence batter intervention group or anger management, those people should be tested. But how often are those uh,
1: well, Sandra? How, how often are those guys even sent there? I mean, it's not even until a year after continuances and yeah. and and sitting there not looking always. like a pity party. Well,
2: yeah, most- not, not always. Some sometimes after they've done it three or four times. But when, if we're talking about where is there a, um, a beginning place of intervention? Um, uh, oh, oh. Uh, there's a likely source.
1: And it should be um, the first time, is, not the third or fourth time. I, I mean, agree. It's That's terrible. You,
2: you, right. you shouldn't wait. No. Just like just
0: like with a pedophile, why are you waiting till right. the third time that they molest a child right. or anybody right. else to go and get them in a program? Because,
2: because Because, again, because I don't think um, we are recognizing uh, the issues about pathology. We live in an Oprah society about mental health. The law of attraction, if you think it, you can make it happen. And we hate labels. You know, in mental health, so, oh, don't label them. Mm-hmm. Um, instead of understanding um, about pathology, uh, it, because... But,
1: but in, it's, in, in, it's it doesn't it un- go hand in hand with you, though, too, because people label the crime of it, so then the pathology just kind of gets knocked out of the box? It doesn't exist.
0: Yeah, Those, those, yeah. those are big stigmas that nobody wants to be addressed. No, that.
1: they don't, but we do. We do. Yeah, we do. Yeah, we yeah.
0: want them to yeah. have
2: it. Go ahead. Absolutely. And then mental health, um, um, even if therapists think that these people have a personality disorder, for instance, which is, you know, the treatment outcomes are so low, uh, it's ridiculous, they will knowingly not mark that because... It's a stigma, and because insurance companies stop paying as soon as, you know, some level of severe pathology is put down. So I, we have therapists who are not going there. Um, then we have, you know, we have the. the and unfortunately, too, many
0: times the therapists are just interested in reuniting the family and making everybody happy.
1: Get your puke right. buckets right. out. Yeah, because yeah. that doesn't work.
2: <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, the whole kumbaya thing. Right. Hold know, hands um, and sing. And sing, and well, and we have we have therapists who are poorly trained on pathology. Most therapists in graduate school, you know, get. Um, all of pathology in maybe one week in an abnormal psych class. They take, you know, for instance all the personality disorders and go over them in five days. That's Mm -hmm. all they get. Well, so the police officers who respond to
1: these cases, they get about 20 minutes you know, in the academy.
2: Absolutely. So, yeah, this is the, the issue about a lack of public pathology education in this country. For criminal justice, for mental health, for domestic violence, for judges, For um, 60 million people negatively affected, and we've got almost no one doing anything.
1: And and we don't have the crime reporting category numbers. You know, when you and I first spoke, Vicki, and you Mm -hmm. said, Well, I'm going to go get the numbers, and I said, They're not accurate.
0: No, they're not. Crime
1: reporting categories are not accurate. Mental health issues and and numbers are not accurate. And so, how can you then gauge it? to say, well, we need funding here, we need funding there. Well, there's more going right. on with a robbery over here or, you know, something over here. And I think that's part of the crime in this, is that we're not looking at that. Everybody wants numbers. And, and if one more person tells me, you know, when we, when I speak to them, like, and I kind of blow up at you, I said, numbers, please. <laughs> you know, th- you've got over 6 million people. Or in, in my book, Time's Up, I say for the over 5 million women. That is a low number because yeah, yeah. again, it's behind closed doors, and it's
0: underreported or not reported at all. Yeah, but the same the thing with right. the,
1: the mental health issues, the pathology of these guys. Look at mm-hmm. how long someone like a Drew Peterson was able to get away with it. Look right. at there's a Richard Wiley who, in 2005, or pardon me, in 1995, murdered, and I didn't know this. It was 1985. I'm sorry, a classmate of mine. I just found this out. And then in 2009, he murders his current wife. He got he get out he gets out in 2000, and He's doing a church program. He's a really good carpenter. He meets the church secretary. They get married in May of 2009. He murders her and her 17-year-old son and then kills himself. Well, in 1985, he stabbed Ruth Wiley 19 to 28 times with a knife. And then they let him out. How dare they? He he was going to kill again, and he did. I and
0: mean, that's the pathology you're talking about, too, Sandra, is that right. they're, they're untreatable right. and unchangeable.
1: Until we well, catch I them. Yeah, I
2: mean, what? Well, you know what? And it's just the criminal justice system is not catching up. Like Robert Hare, you know, the world's renowned guy on psychopathy um, who worked through the Canadian prison system, um, as well as in research, has told them the Canadian system, stop offering them psychotherapy. It doesn't work. It makes them smarter. Now they know what to say in front of the, uh, when they go up for release. Um, and, and so stop it so um, if he's saying it, he's, um, why are we not taking that um, to heart uh, that that when when they come through the criminal justice system we just keep plugging them into the um, uh, into a lot of the criminal justice system programs.
0: Yeah, it's so almost like no robotics. You're just, you're, you're just a robot program to One go. size
1: does not fit all, here. Right. This That's is not the same kind of it. underwear you're going to wear because they all stink. They turn inside out. Here's
0: your uh, just, here's it, your temporary uh, restraining order, and here's your program to go to, and then right. after you finish that, you come well, back and make sure and we did successfully. And,
2: and when I was when I was speaking at in Violence Against Women, there were judges there, and well, you know one of them came up to me afterwards and said. You know, we spend a lot of money on criminal justice programs, mostly because the public demands that they want to believe that um, that there can be a solution. To a lot of the crime problem. Right, we want to make and society
1: th- comfortable that something. But doesn't the media play into that again with what we see with the nightly news, with the bombardment of, like, okay, let's talk about the can they answer the case for a, you know, oh, I mean, yeah. you know, well, you I mean, but it's the redundancy of that, mm-hmm. you know, this mother murdered her child, so it's it that's unacceptable. All the things that happened to her were unacceptable, yet everybody tunes into those kind of sh- kind of shows in my observation i'm not being critical but i am being critical of 30 second murders mm-hmm. and and that who does that help why don't they put on the mental health patho- you know professionals why don't they talk about the pathology why is it okay i'm going to go to you is, is that a rating is that how we we're, we're doing our lives and these crimes it, by rating them you know through a system for for audience members when really we need to take a step back because the disconnect again with a drew peterson who like a dancing bear on a circus is placed like he is a media star for eighteen mm-hmm. months. Mm-hmm. He plays the media, too. He plays the media. What does yeah. that say then about the crime for the women that this happened to? That is that is the system and the media in my opinion slapping victims across the country of intimate partner homicide back down in the grave. Here's Kathleen Savio, wife of his third wife second. who is exhumed three times. Mm-hmm. He is clever. He is doing these things and then does it again. Again, in my opinion, I mean, we have to stop that.
0: Yeah, I I agree. And and Sandra, next week, um, and I'm so happy that we get to continue this because we're not new. Oh, she done. wants <laughs> us back. Oh, okay. <laughs> but next week, I do want to talk about how to spot a dangerous man and what things people can look for, both when they're dealing okay. with internet dating and in person. Yeah. And uh, and Susan, I want to go more into your evidentiary affidavit and talk about photographing and Time's up. Just down, what you have to do. Right? Time's yeah. up. And you can purchase uh, both Susan's books and Sandra's books at Amazon.com or any of your retail book outlets and 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 get them because they're quite interesting and especially if you know somebody or if you're involved in, in a situation like this yourself, you owe it to yourself and to your kids and the rest of your family to get the information. Do this affidavit. Put all the stuff together. Get yourself to a safe location and and remove yourself from from what's uh, going to kill you if you don't. So, and, and that's sad and it's horrible to say. So, um, so thank you both for being with me today. I really, really appreciate it. Look forward to next week and continuing this discussion. And uh, you can reach Sandra again. Her website is saferelationshipsmagazine.com or susanmurphymilano.com. Uh, you can stay tuned on PI Answers, a group on Hear Women Talk, because I'll be posting some information. And uh, join us next week. And thank you for, for joining us today on Hear Women Talk, produced
2: and broadcast by the Zeus Radio Network. And I'm Vicki Childs. Look forward to next week. Thank you.